0: Nothing has been more exciting than watching the electric vehicle names run wild, almost always higher, a few setbacks along the way, and they keep making new ground. Dan Ives has been a big part of telling us that that was going to happen. He's the managing director of equity research at Wedbush, has been bullish on these names. Dan, let's start with Neo today. Let me just get your response to the aftermarket news that uh, they are going to take advantage a little bit of some of the environment right now. It seems $1.3 billion dollars. In convertible senior notes, so there's a little stock involvement given the convertible aspect. What's that mean? Yeah, I think we're seeing
1: that across the space, and ultimately, it's about raising capital, and and that's what more and more is the focus of these EV players. I mean, it's a you know, it's really right now you know just a massive arms race, and you're seeing more and more capital needs. You're, you'll see knee jerk reaction, just like we've seen when Tesla has done similar things, but ultimately, it's a positive move as it's all about further and further capital to build out you know really the vision over the coming years.
0: So right now is this this kind of self-reinforcing kind of dynamic where stock goes up these companies that I mean it was only a year ago that people were worried about you know going concerns in a stock like Tesla that said they're going to run out of cash you know early on in some of these other companies like NeoK how do they deal with profitability and how long can they stay there? And now that the shares have gone so far, it's like, who cares about any of that anymore when they can just tap the market?
1: Yeah, look, I think it's similar to what we've seen with Tesla doing that called three times the last year and a half because you're in the early days of what's going to be, in my opinion, about trillion-dollar market in terms of EVs. But it takes capital. And ultimately, that's really been the bear story in a lot of these that they couldn't have the capital and ultimately the cash flow and the profitability to get there. What well, you've seen with the equity markets and the optimism, it's given them that ability to hit the bid and ultimately you know, gain more and more capital. And that's something that NEO's doing, and you look, you see with Xping and others in China, because it's an arm race, especially going after Tesla and others in the Chinese EV market. And I think what you saw with Neo Day this past weekend, it just shows some of the battery technology. I think that forest for the trees is what investors are focused on.
0: Dan, you describe the Chinese market as the linchpin of uh, EV growth right now. Who's ahead in China, Tesla or Neo?
1: Right now, it's Tesla's world. Everyone else is paying rent in, in terms of EV. You know, and I think you've seen that really globally, but especially in China. I mean, I think they could be two hundred fifty thousand units potentially on that run rate, two thousand twenty-one. But Neo, Xpeng, and others. I mean, they. I think they have massive opportunities. It's a big enough ocean for more than one boat, and that's why it's all about China, because you're looking at 4.5% of automobile sales potentially going to 9%, 10% in the next two years. This is a massive market opportunity, and that's why you're seeing all these Chinese EV players continue to move higher, just given what we're seeing in terms of that inflection of demand, and Neo continues to be the golden
0: child in terms of what we're seeing in China. Does Tesla have political risk then for uh, its need to be in China? If there's another legitimate car maker that people like that's doing well, is there anything stopping the government from, you I mean, none of those things stopping, but just generally speaking, I would think that there's a policy risk that would apply only to Tesla here if the uh, U.S. China relations worsen and they say, you know what, get out of here, Tesla, or something, or, you know, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, and I think it speaks to what Musk has been able to accomplish. I mean, being the only U.S. manufacturer without a partner in China and Giga3, that's a key to the success, It's the linchpin. And ultimately, I think part of the optimism that you're seeing in EV overall, Biden takes over January 20th, first of all, a green agenda across the board with Blue Senate, bullish for EVs, bullish for Tesla, GM, Fisker, and others. But also, there's a view of significant ratcheting down of tensions with China. And that's bullish, of course, not just for Apple and semis, but for Tesla going forward, and that's starting to get baked into these stories.
0: All right, let's talk about baked in here, uh, Dan. I mean, I know that you've been bullish on Tesla for a while. You've been right on with the uh, price targets that many thought were lofty and unreasonable. Months ago now, we see all the sell side basically follow you and these select other bulls and getting in line with the story. But at what point, Can they still surprise? I mean, we've got expectations of huge stimulus coming. Everybody knows that the Biden administration wants it to be very green-focused, either in this round or the next one at some point. We've seen the battery tech. We've seen the sales for Tesla. What's the next rabbit they can pull out of the hat?
1: Well, I think now, I mean, to your point, point, that's a great way to put the market, it's about execution. And I still think you're looking at a company that could do 750,000, potentially 800,000 units this year, gross underestimated, profitability is underestimated. And I think what you're seeing in these valuations, remember, me and you have talked about it many times, not an auto company, it's trade, in my opinion, it's a tech or disruptive technology company. That's how it should trade. But we're talking about a trillion-dollar market, and you can really count on two hands the companies going after this market. They continue to execute the EV vision and flex now I think ultimately a year or two from now, we're not just looking at one trillion for Tesla, but you know, in a couple of years, this could be a company that you know could start to approach that two half, two trillion dollar market as they execute.
0: So right now, in terms of price target, walk me through the latest here on Tesla that you see is something reasonable over the next year and what is it valuation versus bottom line breakdown, right? Because now that we're talking performance. That's a little bit different, where you know a Tesla over the past year has been a lot about speculation, expectations, extremely high valuations. Maybe there's a future in which we actually talk about earnings as being a core part of the market cap instead of just a price to you know expected earnings.
1: And I think if you look, I could tell many investors I talked to, okay, go out 2025, could they do 10, 12 dollars in earnings? Look at tax credit situation when Biden comes in you in my opinion, you see a doubling down of tax credits and potential restoration of tax of credits to the likes of GM and Tesla and that's something that really changes the whole game in terms of profitability going forward so you know I view it from a thousand dollars continues to be the bull case here, but if they execute you know the way that we're looking, you know, you could be. Ultimately, this could be something that beats numbers by 10, 15, 20% in terms of deliveries. Then you look at a million units in 2022, and that's where I think the whole valuation starts to change. And I just want an important point you start to sum of the parts of the company. In other words, what's the battery business worth? What's the energy business worth? What's the solar business? I think more and more, that's how more investors are viewing this. Very similar as we've seen some of the parts with Apple and others.
0: Okay, and for Neo versus Tesla, does one have to pick one over the other right now, or are these both winners?
1: Both winners. Obviously, Neo, I view as more totally focused on China market. Of course, they'll be in Europe this year and potentially U.S. next year. But but Tesla continues to be the core EV play. But but I view it. You play the whole EV supply chain from batteries to the makers to supply chain to OEMs across the board. That's the play. Tech, EV, I think these stocks continue to go much higher, especially in what I view as just a bullish political backdrop for EV with a blue Senate.
0: I got one more for you, Dan, before I let you go. Uh, this is about NEO specifically, where you know everybody kind of knows the popularity of Tesla among retail investors, but it's expanded now, and a lot of the uh, institutional folks, I think, are coming around. But for Neo, there's a great article out over the weekend and this morning that was getting spread around from Bloomberg just looking at the role that Neo has in these online trading forums on TikTok. It's like the most mentioned company out there. The number of mentions is Mind-blowing. I mean, h- h- what does this mean as a catalyst? I mean, it's got to be in some sort of speculative froth. I know that doesn't mean it has to go back down to X, Y, Z level, or that it can't get to the levels you're talking about. But isn't that a catalyst? How do you monitor that?
1: Yeah, I can't underscore the almost the cult-like following of Neo within China, and, and, and as someone that's seen it firsthand, I think th- that's something where. Now that they're going after the sedan market, really going after Tesla a bit on potentially on the S, or you could say the Y, I think it just shows the opportunity for NIO. And I think it just shows more and more what you're seeing in China on the EV space. And that's why I don't think you got to pick one. I think NIO continues to obviously be the best player. There. You look at Xping, Li Auto, and others, you got got 100-plus makers going after China EV. And I think we're just starting to see what's really a golden age for EV.
0: Okay. Appreciate it, Dan. Good to catch up. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ives. He's the Managing Director of Equity Research at Wedbush.